Hey guys, I'm Adam Fennig. I'm Cody Sisko. I'm Dave Gunkelman with Salford. And I'm Gary Fennig. And you're tuned in to the Talking Shed podcast. <clears throat> As you heard already, we got a couple new guests on here today. Um, nice change of pace, other than listening to Cody and I. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't we start with Dave? Dave, where where do you come from? Well, I reside over in uh, Worcester, Ohio, and um, I've been in the you know the ag business my whole life. Um, been in the tillage business twenty years, and uh, twelve years of that with Salford. Yeah. So Dave's our Salford rep. So everyone knows Salford tillage, the BBI spreaders, the Valmar cover crop seeders. Um, so where were you before Salford? So I, um, for, uh, uh, when I worked for Sunflower back in the day, tillage company, I went and, um, uh, they were purchased by Agco and then worked with Agco for uh, a total of seven years. And then, uh, got into the retail business for a few years before I got back into the, uh, wholesale side with Salford. Got it. So you've been our rep ever since I've been selling basically. Yes. So, yep. So your territory is. I got Ohio, Northeast Indiana, and Michigan. Gotcha. And Salford, which was once a tillage only company, now is an application also. Yep. BBI down in Cornelia, Georgia, Valmar. Um, I guess that's it, right? Yep. Yep. So uh, with the four lines now, you know, with the the Salford tillage, the. Uh, Valmar application, you know, cover crop seeders, air booms, um, BBI uh, spreaders, uh, dry dry fertilizer spreaders, and litter spreaders, lime spreaders, and then the uh, airway line. Right. Yep, airway. That's the one I forgot. Mm-hmm. Well, from there, we've got Gary Fennig. Why don't you tell us your background? Uh, started uh, Fennig Equipment about 12 years ago. I worked at a local dealership as a parts manager. Uh, left that uh, employment, started selling crop insurance, and then did that for about a year, and then started uh, Fennig Equipment, uh, selling machinery, selling baler twine, actually. That's how I started. And then uh, ran into Dave Gunkelman was actually, when he worked for Agco, he was our territory guy at Coldwater. So yeah, that's, that's where that's how I met him. Yeah, that's where Gary and I met. Uh, would have been I don't know how many years ago, but um, quite a few years before you became a Salford dealer. Um, right, because we've only been a Salford dealer for eight or nine years. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we go back probably I don't know fifteen twenty years. Right. You know at least so. Uh, so yeah, this re- this is a long lasting re- relationship here with the family and uh, um, things have really you know, developed fast right over the years compared to where <clears throat> Gary and I kind of started with this uh, product, uh, you know, taking a tillage tool out behind the pickup truck and doing lots of demos. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. So we had, we started the, the funding equipment. We didn't have any tillage. The only thing we had was yetter attachments. Some row cleaners and disc sealers. And then, uh, about four years into it, that's when we started handling the Salford line. And uh, back when Salford was only tillage, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, and then we really took a hold of the cover crop business, the cover crop boxes. I think that's what really started our, our really a fast growth with Salford was our cover crop boxes that you guys had. 
Well, at that time, Valmore. Had yeah, it was right. just Valmore. Yeah. They were separate at that time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we were still kind of the only ones in the game doing cover crop boxes. Mitch was making brackets, so that was pretty well unheard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And you, your first machines you were probably putting them on were actually probably the 570 Salford, you know, vertical tillage tools. Right. Before you started putting them on other brands of tillage equipment. Right. And uh, even on some uh, high boy sprayer chassis back then too, right? And yeah, Millers and uh, right <clears throat> machines mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we started with Salford, and uh, that's been the only tillage line that we actually have yet today. It's the only one you need. It's the only one we need. <laughs> well, we need to call in land land all people back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. They're good guys, but uh, but we have a you know we have a nice broad line of you know tillage equipment. Yeah. You know, so uh, it can, it covers all all the bases. Right. I mean, before when with the five seventy, you know, it was kind of a lighter duty tillage, but today we have we have uh, equipment that can make a tractor smoke. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it was you know when we came to the market, you know. Uh, in the U.S., you know, the first tool, you know, that we brought to market here was the uh, 570 RTS. And, you know, it was, a, you know, seven and a half inch spacing, you know, lighter duty tillage tool, mainly for seed bed prep. Mm-hmm. And it served its purpose. It did really well. Mm-hmm. But as these uh, yields continue to rise and they keep breeding these uh, stalks to be tougher and... Um, there's a lot more of it and a lot more to, uh, take care of, mm-hmm. you know, we've had to build these machines a lot heavier, bigger blades, mm-hmm. um, to get more dirt, closer spacing. Yep. So, you know, when we still have the true vertical tillage line, you know, mm-hmm. with the 1100, which is the, uh, took the place of the 570 and then, uh, the 1200, which is still a 20 inch blade machine. Um, inch and a quarter coil that uh, fits really well in there and then we go to the 21 and 2200 with the 22 inch blade and so it gives you a lot more uh, dirt you know uh, mm-hmm. mixing of the residue you know to get the residue to break down over the winter um, or just simply seed bed prep mm-hmm. um, and then you know we've come with you know hybrid vertical tillage tools you know the 4200 right. which is you know the concave blades on the front followed by the uh, straight blades in the back and that that got us to the next level and then the 5200 today which is a highly sought after you know it's just a heavy fall plow you know basically mm-hmm. you know it's right. a, it's a it turns it black yeah it's a hybrid you know high speed disc it's in a little bit different market just because it on that five inch spacing it's so aggressive and you know made to go you know down to six inches mm-hmm. and it, it'll it'll take 250 bushel corn residue and, and turn it black mm-hmm. so it's, it's the larson farms tool exactly mm-hmm. yep. larson farms yeah i mean i I've, I've had guys that i've demoed that thing too and they're like man i cannot believe how hard that tool pulls oh, yeah. but i mean if you really look and see how long that tool is and how much incorporation you get I mean, it's, yeah, and the amount of dirt it's moving it's moving everything correct yeah so it's uh mm-hmm. it's kind of taking the place of our we we just quit building the moldboard plow and that's the one reason is this tool has taken over that market mm-hmm. right right <clears throat> um so back when 
you know, you guys, you were selling, you had other dealers and stuff, and you've worked with big dealers. Um, and back when, when you started, Dad, a lot of this business was going elsewhere. It was going to the big dealers. Mm-hmm. Um, today, the big dealers, I'm not saying it's going it, to, it has flipped because the big dealers always do what big dealers do. Mm-hmm. But today, we're able to be nimble, we're able to move. What do you think drives farmers to us from big dealers? Um, When you look at our lot today versus what it was then, what what has changed or has nothing changed? I think the thing that's changed is the dealer focus on the product. And uh, a lot of short-line products like ourselves have been kind of, um, they, they tend to, you know, at the larger dealer get put on the back burner and not get as much focus because, you know, the the mainline companies, you know, Deer and Case, Deer Case and Agco, I mean, they, they're really forcing their dealers to focus on their brands, you know, which, which makes sense. You know, I mean, that's their bread and butter. And, uh, you know, they're looking to grow that market share. And um, so they... Not that they've fully lost focus, but I mean, it just, they don't have the time and the resources to put into the products like you do as a short line dealer. You know, you focus on our equipment as a main line. Mm -hmm. Right. Do they, do they get forced to just strictly push green and push out short lines? Oh yeah. From what I've been told by many that, uh, you know, they, they, some have been forced to get rid of things just due to their way of growing to other locations and things like that that's been things that um, they've had to give up in Mm -hmm. order to you know buy another dealership Um, you know and there's some guys that have been able to hold on you know to the product lines but it's uh, um, that have that did well with it in the past and they have their customer loyalty that is stuck there but where the dealers like yourself have gotten um, have grown so much is it's your focus Right. You know, you're you have every everything that we manufacture, you stock, right. you demo, you customize to the customer's needs whether whether it's adding a uh switchblade shank kit or adding a cover crop seeder or you know just doing things like that or putting a spray kit or a chemical application kit on a tillage tool, just things that you know the big dealers just aren't equipped to do. Um, right with like guys like yourself they're set up to be green factories sell the green paint fix the green paint trade in the green paint absolutely. well trade in the red paint absolutely is the goal so you're saying they basically don't want to have that many irons and that many fires so they're going to sign up to be a Salford Yetter dealer but they're not exactly going to push the product they're being forced to push green Correct, and they're gonna and and they'll admit. I've had many dealers, you know, admit that they don't have, even though they have a product available, they don't have the knowledge. And that's right. where you guys have always done a good job with keeping up with the latest technology that we offer. You learn the product, you get it out in the field and run it yourself and demo it. You know, there was days this fall where you guys had six trucks going pulling six different sulfur tools. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's just unheard of in our in the dealer network today. And so it's uh, um, that's important, you know, to get that you know equipment out in front of the customer, and you guys have been able to do that. But that makes you good at it. You specialize in it. 
when you do get a phone call or like when Seth gets a call on our BBI spreader line, he's been selling it for so long and he's so good at it. Guys can tell right away on the phone when they call you at Fennec Equipment and ask about a Valmar Cedar mm -hmm. compared to calling somebody that, yeah, I can get it, but I don't have it in stock. And that's the first thing. Right. But, and, and you don't have all the parts and pieces to go with it because there's so many different options and you have all that. So right away when a customer calls in and gets a hold of Fennec Equipment, they know that these guys are the specialists. Right. And you know, that, that to me, um, that goes a long ways these days. Mm -hmm. Well, it, yeah. And dad, what would you say? You know, there's a lot of big dealers out there and, and over the years we've fought tooth and nail to, to get the, the customers and get the business. But, um, today I feel we've educated the customers on where they need to be shopping to buy particular stuff. But what, what's different? Um, that has changed maybe from, from when you started to today? Well, I think what's changed is what Salford's bringing to the table as far as the, the tillage line. I mean, before, like we said, they just had the 570. Now there's a catalogs of equipment that they offer to the, to the farmer. So yeah, that I think that's one thing that's, that's really changed. Uh, and also, I mean, fending equipment, I mean, there was only a couple employees that we had when we first started. Now we're we're getting two more here next week. That's going to push us over twenty employees, and you know I got sales guys every day on the road pulling in driveways, talking about equipment. So there's a lot that uh, that we do as far as a a dealer that sort of sets us apart from from the other guys. But I mean, as far as Salford the company goes, I mean, there's not a better company to work with out there in today's tillage world and then Salford. I mean, they, they really help the dealer and helping grow and, and get us the product and, and, uh, give us the terms to order off, off of. So, uh, that plays a huge part of it also. I, I thought it was all because of me. Oh, and, and every now and then Dave even shows up. Every now and then, not very often. But when I need orders. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm here today. The yeah. first of the month and the end of the month. Yeah, we'll, we'll when see he day. shows up. Yep. But in all seriousness, the, the uh, one thing I've learned over the years as they've grown as a dealership here at Fennec Equipment and, and now have a second location over by me over in eastern Ohio in Nova, northern Ashland County, is the fact that, you know, they're not just selling equipment, they're selling solutions. You know, and as a, and I think, Adam, you can talk on that, but I mean, you guys, everything that you sell there's nothing that you sell is big box store type right. equipment. It's, it's solutions to fit each individual farmer's needs. Right. And I think that's why you've been so successful. Yeah. Well, we, I don't know if we've ever sold too many things that are the same. Right. You know, because and every farmer needs a different tool, <clears throat> which is why all these different brands exist. It's just right. like Ford, Chevy, Dodge. Correct. How can they all? Well, everyone has different tastes and different needs. That that's exponentially uh, found in farmers and mm -hmm. what they want: six row, twelve row, sixty yeah. foot. And no machine is ever the same. I mean, everything that we ever touch, it, there's always something a little bit different, no matter what it is. Yeah, everything gets customized with what we do. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I've seen it a lot in the last uh, few years. <clears throat> Personally, is you know the 
the big dealers, I, I've seen the force from from green and red to maybe not carry those lines and have seen a lot of uh, big dealerships kind of give up on, on what we're selling. And uh, so I think that's a big drive in what we're doing. Everything we do is different, and it kind of sets us apart. But uh, one thing I notice is that we're always the underdog. Whenever you handle a short line, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself, and you have to prove the the product is going to work like you tell the customer. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, just think of how many demos we do before a guy will even pull the trigger and buy one. He always has to run it. And out of all my years doing demos, I've never seen a, a deer dealer have a piece of equipment hooked behind his truck going out and do a demo so he can sell it. I mean, we, we're always, every day, we always have to prove ourselves what we know about the product, the specialist is what we are. But if you're not, you're not going to get the sale. Mm -hmm. So you have to be willing to do the demo, improve the product, so you can have the, the customer buy it. It's definitely an uphill climb. I mean, Deer is a you know multi-billion dollar company, and they stand behind their product. And it's it's quality when it hits the you know the sale oh, catalog. Absolutely. It's been through the paces, and I'm not saying ours hasn't, but uh, I mean, they, they've made a name for themselves. Oh, it's, yeah. it's for a reason. Absolutely. The, the price tag is there for a reason. Yep. But, uh, you know, in in today's world, I mean, soybeans are up 32 cents. We're a dollar shy of $15 soybeans. Um, things have been selling. But, um, you know, today, I, I, I mentioned this morning, wouldn't you say that today if a dealer doesn't have something in inventory now, or on order, it's their own fault. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you know, know it, it, this has been going on now for what two years? Yeah. That it's been an equipment quote unquote yep. shortage. Yep. Um, so as you drive around, you were on some dealer lots this morning mm -hmm. already or today. What are you seeing? Well, just in the last uh, <clears throat> yeah, just in the last week in my travels, you know, I've seen empty, you know, deer dealer lots. You know, I've seen. Some, you know, deer and case dealers that are, you know, they're down in inventory, but they've gone out and bought at auctions and things like that. Some tractors, combines, because they just to keep the wheels turning. Right. Mm -hmm. um, which is good to see. Right. You know, because, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you're seeing, uh, and you look around, there's not, you don't see a stock of tillage equipment. You don't see used sulfurs anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we've sold everything we can get our hands on. Right. You've gone out and bought, you know, I don't know how many in the last year all over the country, right? And uh, and have had good luck, but no, it's uh, it's pretty thin, and um, you know, there's guys that, you know, have ordered some uh, other brands of tillage equipment that will not get for spring, right? You know, and uh, um, so you know, and that's one thing you guys have done a good job of. You know, we we ordered for for this coming spring of twenty two, we ordered, you know eight months ago, right. 10 months ago, you know, we've been thinking ahead and have kept a, a pipeline full of Valmar cedars and BBI spreaders. I mean, um, a lot of that type of stuff, when a guy's ready for something like that, he wants to go get it today. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it and you got to wait, you know, anywhere from 10 weeks to 40 weeks. I mean, there's some companies talking a year out, right. you know, so I mean, you just, we got to keep that supply 
rolling and um and you guys have done a good job of that and that continues to grow your sales because you have product Mm -hmm. right that's important these days where are the big dealers going to be a year from now if if, you know they're still have no inventory to sell is is are they going to be able to keep salesmen in there i don't know it's a question i've been asking because i mean there's there's a few that have caught on to the this and they're doing exactly what you're doing but then there's some that they're just, it's, you just think they're going to be starving. Right. You know, I got a, a buddy that sells at a, a dealership and um, they don't have any equipment to sell. Right. You know, and it's hard, even that stuff's hard to sell out of the catalog. Yeah. Because, you know, when a, some farmers are good about ordering, you know, I know guys that ordered their new planter, you know, a year ago or, right. or their combine, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. They traded back in June a combine they're going to use in the fall of 22 mm-hmm. you know so i mean farmers are starting to catch on and plan ahead which is really important and i think that's you know i've been talking about that at farm shows and um you know getting these guys to understand you know thinking forward to next year's purchases right and getting that getting that stuff coming now and um but no i think it's going to be interesting to see you know what happens uh, to these guys that don't have equipment because it's going to be hard to... Right. Um, <clears throat> right. Well, we're, we're lucky, lucky in that aspect. Um, moving on from there, <clears throat> we've built our business on, on nutrient placement and, and Salford's now an application line. Um, what do we see in the future of nutrient application? You know, in the past, we, we swore everyone was going to get mandated, and now H2 Ohio's kind of here incentivizing. But where do we see this fertilizer stuff going? I mean, we're still selling BBI stuff, you know, because people have to cover acres. But with the strip-till increase that we're seeing here, um, we're seeing an uptick in and just banding nutrients of all sorts, whether it's on the planter, side dress rigs, Y drops, what, what's going to happen. And I think it's going to be interesting this year because everyone's going 10 different ways with fertilizer. I mean, I just had a call yesterday, a guy used to be liquid, can't find it. He's going dry. Yeah. You know, well, you're, you're just seeing, and that, that, that stems back to the big growth in cover crops. I mean, you know, a lot of this nutrient application being broadcast, um, there's places in our state and in this country that there's certain times of the year, the only way you can broadcast any fertilizer, manure, things like that is on a growing crop. Right. So that's where the, you know, cover crops is really important. Mm-hmm. Keep the fields green, you know, <clears throat> when there's not a uh, cash crop growing. Um but I mean, we're, I, don't, I don't see broadcast spreaders ever going away. No. You know, and uh, guys need to cover with large volume, more acres faster. And that's why we've come with the 120 foot spread width, you know, spreaders um, for fertilizer. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's in the, uh, the air boom, you know, the Valmar air boom that you guys have sold, the pull type, um, you know, that's starting to, we're starting to really see that an up, uptick in that because that, just allows you in all sorts of weather conditions to still be able to go out and put on your dry fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Um, both the Valmar pull type air boom and the um, BBI spreader, you know, we are set up for row crop use as well. So going in a standing crop of corn, you know, maybe putting on some 
nitrogen between the row, things like that, just to give guys options. You know, we've had guys looking more towards row crop spreaders more than we ever had before. Right. Because of that, they need options. Right. Because like you said, there's guys that aren't guaranteed their liquid 28 <clears throat> this spring that even that bought back in the spring. You know, mm-hmm. I just was told that this morning by a farmer over in Indiana. Right. And it's like, so what are we going to do? You know, so we just got to be prepared because if that corn comes up, you know, it needs to be fed. And I think as far as on our side of the things, I mean, we've had guys that are buying anhydrous bars and also doing it with liquid as well. And that's where I think we can see that as well. And <clears throat> not only on top of that, but guys that are buying strip till rigs and putting dry fertilizer on and banding it in that 10 inch section and shotgunning it with, you know, with strip freshener bars and stuff like that so it's definitely guys are definitely getting more prepared i think as far as where they're wanting to place it and making sure that they're doing it cost effectively because of the price yeah and i think it's mainly in the the pre-plant and the side dress scenario Mm -hmm. you know the the fall spread you know the lime and all that the the major stuff their broadcast is fairly common there too mm-hmm. but uh you know with the st fertilizer banders we're seeing people go in there with dry whether it's pre-plant in the spring or whenever but i mean do you guys remember when we weren't sure if this cover crop thing was going to really take off yeah mm-hmm. you know um it wasn't too long ago and i don't know how many we sold last it wasn't year. it wasn't too long ago where we sold uh maybe 10 dozen cedars a year and we probably did 60 last year yeah yeah so far as uh for this coming year i think we have four or five semi loads on order yeah so it's definitely has doubled well and that's a product that years. you know there you know we even had we got dealers in mississippi coming up here and getting cedars because mm-hmm. you got them in stock i mean because there's just we've kept that pipeline full <coughs> of always having cedars on order Right. You know, we got truckloads spread out through pretty much every month of the year, mm-hmm. you know, or every couple months, just depending on the time of the year. But, I mean, we've just kept that consistency um, because that's that's an impulse buy, it mm-hmm. seems like. Right. Or a guy gets in his mind, he wants to even apply fertilizer with a, a cover crop cedar box. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've seen lots of different applications for that, you know, and, uh, and that then leads into a larger version you know our sts you know a 10 ton you know you got how many of those on order you know with pathfinder carts for row crop use or even just a standalone you know 10 ton air tank for a guy to you know feed his planter or his own tillage tool you know to apply fertilizers there's so many different applications with that air system you guys can uh you know provide i think think since november October, November, I think we've sold probably a dozen cedar cover crop boxes since November. Mm -hmm. That was unheard of years ago. Right. You would only do it from June through August. Right. But I know in the last week we sold somewhere around four to five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know I got two or three of them quoted out right now. Right. And what are those, like, what are those going on? Are those guys thinking forward to this coming summer or fall yeah. cover crop use yeah. yeah one i sold yesterday is going on a 25 foot kraus mm-hmm. he's uh, a seed dealer and he wants to he wants to offer the uh full you know application side of it too 
So he's going to sell the seed to the guy and then also seed it for him. Oh, nice. Yep. And then, uh, you know, Seth sold that one for interseeding mm -hmm. up there by him with the S2S systems. Um, I sold one, that one going to Mississippi. <clears throat> that one's going on a, I don't know, maybe a Landall. Mm -hmm. I forget what kind of tool that one's yeah. going on. But yeah, all kinds of them across the country. And that's, that's where the wor World Wide Web steps in and, you know, people can find you anywhere now, right. whether it's through this podcast or through YouTube. Yeah. Um, there's there's ways. Uh, and that's another thing, you know, you mentioned YouTube. You know, that's something you guys have done a good job with. And it's amazing how many guys, you know, farms I'm on that, you know, they're, they're checking out our tillage equipment, whether it's the Salford channel or Fennec equipment channel. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to see this stuff run. Right. You know, they maybe haven't had it in their their area where they live and farm and um it's amazing what what that can do and you guys have done a great job with that and that's that's drawn a lot of business you know right in, in your doors mm -hmm. and on your phone it's just from that youtube channel right i mean it's it's a great way to educate people you can talk to guys all you want on the phone mm -hmm. but until they see it and you can yeah. show them and, and when you're on the phone and, and just send them a link link to a video yeah. um it, it's game over it, it it shows them what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, our reach is just so much broader now than what it was when you started, Gary. Right. You know, on your own. You know, where he. That's why you know the. They went to every farm show across the country. Well, basically every farm show east of the Mississippi. They were, you know, Gary and Angie were there. Right. You know, with a trailer and equipment and uh, literature and uh, uh, an order book. I mean, you come home and you guys are just constantly. You know, calling people back and filling these orders, and uh, um, so I mean, it, it's just changed the way we we do business today. But it's still, you know, like Gary said with the tillage, it's amazing. That's a product that we just always have to demo because you know our tool our tools are unique compared to you know it's just not a disc or cultivator. Yeah, we sell cultivator, but I mean, we just have a lot of tools that not everybody else has. Right, and um, that's what makes us unique. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, well, a lot of the a lot of the equipment we sell, which you know is different from many other dealers, has really not much of a boundary on it. Right. Right. You can you can kind of sell some of it almost anywhere. You know, you got to watch your price if you're throwing it too far. Yeah. But uh, and, and that's where YouTube is awesome. And a lot of these uh, smaller dealers that are you know heck, there's some dealers out there that can only cover ten counties. Right. You know, can you imagine trying to to grow your business and you're limited to 10 counties in a state or something like right. that mm -hmm. on new sales anyways yep. you can throw trades wherever you want but mm -hmm. the new sales being limited to a state or something that would be unbelievable yeah. you know and that's probably why AgPro is the way AgPro is their their territory is so big yeah but you know we could probably live off of their of the waste there in that and some oh, of those yeah, big dealers sure. as well. Yep, for sure. You know, <clears throat> but yeah, I talk to farmers every week and at every farm show you go to, and and they'll that's what they'll say. They I don't care if they're buying tillage equipment or a you know fertilizer spreader or a cover crop seeder or um, whatever it is. Doesn't matter what brand it is, but they they look at our type of equipment as something they need because they know that's what we specialize in they know it's going to be 
the best. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, you know, yeah, there's some guys out there that run all green equipment. But then there's a lot of guys out there run all green or all red, and then they buy our red tillage equipment. I mean, it's they they want products that are staying on the leading edge, mm-hmm. not just copying the other brands. Right. You know, and it, it, it it's just been really good for us that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the average farmer is like 68 years old. You know, beans are just shy of 15 bucks. Corn 608. Equipment selling. Where do you see things going in the next 10 years? You know, as, as the average farmer gets to be 70. And I think you're going to just see the, continue to see the average farm size grow is what I've, I'm thinking. You know, and that's because it seems like anymore we're selling bigger and bigger equipment. Right. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. Um, new, but, new anyways. And, and, and <clears throat> I guess it ain't so much that the farms are getting bigger. It's just the window of opportunity to get the whether it's get the corn planted or harvested you know you got so many days to get weather to to do that and that's and where trying to find help to help well, you do and, it. and labor's a big issue mm-hmm. and so that's playing into guys buying more horsepower and getting bigger tillage equipment mm-hmm. and bigger spreaders and things like that but it's really hard to say you know i mean 10 years ago we had the same conversation it's like well where do you see it in 10 years well we, we try to look a long ways down the road as a company and you know when we've done that and that's why you know at Louisville this year we're going to be introducing a, a pretty incredible unique tillage tool um, that is more than just one tool in, in one really? so just something to give guys more broad range of what they could do with the tillage tool. And I think that's us as a company looking forward down the road in the future. You know, guys want to minimize, you know, maybe what they have in the barn to right. get the job done faster. Right. They want that one tool that Absolutely. does five different things. Correct. And so that's that's something pretty exciting for us um, that I've had to I've spent a lot of time with the last two years myself, you know, prototyping research and development we put a lot of time and effort into this and um it will be getting introduced down in louisville here at the national farm machinery show so it's those type of things and you'll see you guys don't know what it is yet either but it's uh it's really unique and you'll get introduced to it probably the week ahead of the show and get some training on it um and then it'll be unveiled there but it's stuff like that and we're doing the same we have a lot of you know irons in the fire with uh application equipment yeah Bigger booms, uh, uh, wider spread patterns, yep. uh, more products. I mean, there's just so many things. It's endless. Our our engineering department has grown so much over the last five years just due to these type of things. And that's why we, you know, just quit building moldboard plows. And, you know, we've t- trying to narrow down our lineup as well just to be able to focus on refining the future and refining, you know, where we used to be able to custom build equipment for farmers and you know you really can't do that today to keep the factories running efficiently mm-hmm. right right so yeah it's going to be exciting the next uh, coming years for sure yeah what kind of equipment do you see guys buying in 10 years I, I think this i think the cover i don't i don't think we've ever seen cover crop i mean we're just 
messing around with it right now. I think it's going to double again, triple again in the next three to five years. Uh, I think the the guys are starting to figure out that you don't need to be blowing black smoke out of the tractor muffler till midnight to raise 250 bushel corn. I think the whole tillage, I don't know about this area, Mercer County, Coldwater, Salina area, I mean, we're pretty... Well, there's a lot of livestock. There's a lot of livestock, and we're pretty entrenched in our ways on how we were brought up farming, but uh, I think there's a lot of tools out there that Salford offers that can get you the bushels that you're looking for with a single pass or a very minimal soil disturbance versus going out and ripping 12 inches deep and hitting it three more times to get it ready to plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you're hitting it the second pass, it rained two inches. Right. You know, we you, see a lot of that. you just never get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I mean, I've seen so many guys call, and you can hear their frustration. Mm-hmm. They're like, I, I'm tired of doing it the way I'm doing it. My neighbor, he somehow hits his corn stalks once in the spring and plants his beans. Yeah. How does he do that? It's a combination of things. Sure, Salford offers some stuff there, but it takes the right planter setup too. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, to plan into that stuff. But there's definitely a growth towards that. Tillage will never go away, but it's the right tillage. Correct. You know, yes. maybe like a tool, um, like a Swiss Army knife tool, like you were talking about, we may see in February. Or, you know, we've seen so much interest in the true vertical tillage, 1222s. Right. But but what that tillage does is it eliminates five passes of other tillage. Mm-hmm. So sure it's still tillage, but it's minimum till. They call it a no tiller's best friend. And and with inputs the way they are, who wants to pay this much for for fertilizer and diesel? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, uh, especially with labor short, and we get short windows. Um, seems you only get a few days to get your stuff planted. Um, why spend all those beautiful days out working in the field without planting corn? That's I mean, you're pulling a ripper or, or, you know, doing a lot of primary tillage. I understand there's scenarios (laughs) where we all need to do that, but they're going to look, guys are looking to, the calls I get on a weekly basis from a farmer is I need to minimize passes and not burn fuel and, and take less labor. Mm-hmm. And that's where you've seen the uptick in the 12 and 2200 vertical tills. And now you're starting to see guys, um, well, you know, they've had complaints over the years. Well, I have a combine track or a sprayer track I need to take out in certain parts of the field. Well, we got the switchblade shanks. Right. You know, 15 or 30 inch spacing. Right. You know, so those can be with the flip of your hydraulics, it, you know, you can essentially have a chisel plow and vertical tillage tool in one right you know to bubble some dirt you know maybe four six inches deep right. you know just to get that you know shallow compaction lake uh zone taken out right right yeah the there's a lot of tools that offer kind of a, a swiss army knife um to to give guys more tools and more more bang for their buck. Correct. Basically. Because the, with the prices today, you know, everything's gone up. You know, the return on investment, you know, was always, it's always been a uh, game to figure out, well, what is my return on tillage tool? It's hard to figure out. Right. Well, it, compared to application equipment, that's a lot easier to figure out. Mm-hmm. Right. That pencils out real fast. 
So this, these type of, you know, these tools today, you know, a lot of guys are looking at it as it's longer term investments compared to back in the day. I mean, with our uh, engineering of these products, the way they're built and the maintenance is such low maintenance compared to say like a gang style machine, um, you know, things like that. I mean, these guys, your guys are keeping these machines a lot longer than what they did back in the even the 570 days you know there's nothing for a guy to just trade it off because he didn't want to you know reblade it right well those days have changed now it's a longer term investment you know these these bearings last so long you know and uh uh and even the blades i mean there's just longer wear life on the cultivator uh sweeps you know things like that so i mean we've engineered these things to not have to make a farmer buy parts for a lot of years right except for your wear parts you know but even sure. though even that type of stuff, we've found ways to make it longer wear compared to the competition. Yeah, like the fuel cultivator sweep. I mean, they're good for five thousand acres. Well, right? well, I've had guys tell me they, they last they last two two and a half times longer than their factory sweep that they get on their last cultivator. Let's mm, say right. So I mean, to get even, let's just say you get twice the acres. I mean, right there is a huge. That's one less time you gotta put the labor and changing them and then the cost of the part you know it's right. a little bit higher cost for the sweep but you know there's just lots of things like that that um you know the the as the, as prices go up you know guys are gonna want uh, they're gonna do more homework to find that right piece that's gonna fit a lot more applications mm -hmm. to get the payback right right yeah we we should have mentioned first, you know, today is January 4th now. Yep. Yeah. So we've got Fort Wayne Farm Show coming up soon. Yep. Two weeks from today. Two weeks. So, um, you know, where where do you guys think farm shows are headed? Well, what I've seen over the last, just even the last 12 years with Salford, I mean, back 10, 12 years ago, I mean, it was nothing to have a guy write a check at a farm show for a, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollar tillage tool. Yeah. And drag it home. Yeah. Well, now it's there's so much with the with YouTube and the internet and um, social media and things like that. And auto steer on the combine. It, right. Guys have a lot of time to shop and research equipment. Looking at Larson's Farms, you know, Millennial Farmer, you know, whoever it is. Right. You know. Um, listening to other farmers talk and that's where their ideas come from and that's when you get a call and say hey i've seen this tool yeah what can you tell me about it they at the farm shows today we're still educating people there but it's not they pretty much know what they want yeah you know you're we're we're taking a lot less quick equipment to louisville this year than we've ever taken yeah taking less people to work it yeah because it's just we don't get the you might have the foot traffic there, but you don't get it. Um, you don't get as much interaction, interaction face to face as what you have in the past. Yeah, and I've noticed that decline for years, and it's not just us. You talk to Jeff at Yetter. Yeah, um, you talk to any uh, company out there, and you see it on the deer lot at uh, Louisville. Right. You know they got um, their virtual monitors. It's all virtual. You yeah. Know, and they got a few pieces of equipment there. You know, it used to have a lot full of new iron you know and it with trucking and and people you know this the these shows have gotten so expensive for us companies to do right you know it's just uh 
and and everybody you talk to, well, I want to try it on my farm. Well, that's why we have dealers like yourself. You know, we can't, no use having all this stuff there. Right. You know, when we can virtually show it, look at a YouTube video, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to take a few pieces, and we're going to have, you know, videos of our equipment running. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it's changed a lot. I'm not sure where it's going to go in the future. I mean, you're starting to see the uh, main lines pull out of these big shows. Right. And uh, use those dollars elsewhere. And that's, you know, we've talked about that. And we've already done some of that. We've pulled out of some shows and, um, you know, using those resources here on a local regional level right. to help you guys and help dealers do more focus-based meetings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we're doing here in a, what, few weeks? Yeah. Month. Yeah, yeah, a month. month from tomorrow. Yeah. Salford meeting. Yep. Yep. We're going, we bring in the Salford owners and the Salford tillage tool owners and, and have a, a nice, nice dinner and uh, maybe talk some product and see if we can't twist Dave's arm enough to talk about more about that new tool to him. But uh, <laughs> that, that'll be a cool deal. So where's that at? Where's that at? We're having it here at your house. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're cooking. I didn't know gotta, nothing about it. You yep. got a tractor. You got to work the, yeah, you got to work the grill. Okay. You just work the smoker. We'll take, we'll take it from there. Okay? Yeah. It sounds good to me. So I mentioned we're down at the house. We, we left the shop midday to come record the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. So that way we wouldn't get interrupted. So. Yep. Dave showed up and, and we, we moved the office down here to, the, to dad's house. Yep. So where is the, the sulfur boardwalk? Meeting? Boardwalk. Okay. Yep. All right, yeah. cool. Where, where you told me to book it at? Yep. What time? Um, I don't know. Whenever Dave shows up. We gotta figure oh, that boy. out. Okay. All right. I'll be here at noon. You'll be here at noon. <laughs> no, that we always have a good turnout for that. That's been probably a couple years since we've done one, but the last ones we've had, we've had a good turnout and good response, and guys really enjoy the one-on-one or just talking <clears> to <throat> them or just yeah. getting together for a change. And the great thing is, I like when you do this, is you, we're not there to hammer product down anybody's throat. No. We're just there to show our appreciation <coughs> for the owners of our equipment. Yep. And it just leads into lots of this type of conversation, mm-hmm. roundtable talk, and, and learning from other farmers what they've done with equipment and different practices. And it just continues from there to grow. And then guys start asking about, you know, something new or that they're looking for or what can I do to mm-hmm. make this tool do this, you know? So, I mean, it just leads into a lot of good conversation and, uh, um, and, and just really good feedback. And it, that's what helps us as a company and yourself as a dealer. Um, you know, we take them things back to the drawing board and, you know, I mean, when a customer comes to that meeting or at a farm show or calls, calls, any of you guys up and you know we relay that back to our engineering department and they put it on the list you know yeah. it's it's looked at yeah. you know so we're always uh the we're always providing well, them some good product ideas well and that's the thing that's how, <laughs> that's that's how we've grown as a company to who we are today is because of the farmer's feedback right yep we listen yep yeah we have our name on a few of them yet or two yes yep. we do a right. few of them it's yep. important yeah, because without the farmer's feedback, you know, we can build anything, we can draw anything up. Oh yeah, you gotta think have it's it. gonna work, but you know, <clears throat> until you get out there in the real world, right? Like what we're doing every day, right? That's that you gotta prove it, right? The, uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much all I've got for equipment shop talk. What everyone do for New Year's? 
Nothing crazy. No? No. I was in bed by nine. Oh, I was in bed by nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was too. I was up in your neck of the woods. Really? Yeah, I was at uh, Brian Stewart's house. Oh, really? Yep. What'd you sell him? I didn't sell him anything. Of course. Uh, of course he didn't. There's always one that, that can't sell anything. Yeah. Oh, that's well, Cody. He that's was Cody. Just, he's still in training. So hit him up at any farm show you go to. <laughs> he was just yeah. all in. He's, he's looking for Easy. sale. Easy. <laughs> You're just yeah. shooting it. That's yeah. All. Yep. No, you were in bed by nine in Dallas, Texas? Yeah, we went to Dallas, Texas. That was one high state play, wasn't it? No, New Year's would have been Cincinnati, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah your mom and I went and saw Cincinnati and Alabama play. Yeah. Who won that game? Alabama. Oh. So, but yeah, we were uh, we were in bed pretty early that night. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, went down to watch the Cowboys. Went down to watch the Cowboys. I saw this morning on... Uh, I don't know where I saw that, but it said that you always pick your NFL team when you're very small. Okay, so you're 10, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. You're not very smart. Right. <laughs> and so with that pick, you have to live your whole life watching this team that you think is the greatest team ever. It's America's team. Yeah. That's what they say. That's what they say. I, I, wish, your, the I wish your mom would pick a different team because <coughs> it might make my life so much easier. Because during the NFL season, every Sunday is a, uh, it's tough. It's 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 tough being well, it's a Cowboys fan. It is hard to be a Cowboys fan. The only the only tougher fan out there is a Browns fan, I think. So I mean, it, I can't imagine being either. Well, the Cowboys <laughs> they just hype you up. I mean, they'll 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 lay it on a team. You know, one week and you think here we are, we're we're winning the Super Bowl, and then they fall flat on their face. Well, before the season started, Browns were going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they they went to the yeah, Super so Bowl. Yeah, so at the Dallas game, we our seats were pretty high up. I will admit, we. Well, Gary didn't. He's too cheap to buy his <laughs> it's, it's wife too, nice. It was too loud down there. <laughs> yeah, but your 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 mother, she was. We were. She was hollering like she does here in the living room. You you would have thought that they could have heard her. You know, it was comical. Yeah, she wouldn't answer any of my Snapchats when I'd ask her. You know, who's winning and you know she what's was hollering going at on. Dak and hollering at Zeke. I was like, they came and they don't even know you're here. You know, it was pretty funny. But no, we had a good time. Had a good time. Hmm. Well, that's all I've got for the podcast. Thanks, Dave, for yeah. coming in. Thanks and, for having yeah. me. I. I uh, I just want to be better than Jeff Worley. That's well. That's we'll all. see. You know, we'll, we'll see uh, yeah. who's got the most views. The, the, yeah. the next one we need sometime we need to get him and Worley on together. That oh, I know. Oh, Fort yeah. Wayne Farms. Is he coming? Or, to Jeff Portland? won't be here. What about Louisville? Louisville, we can. I yeah. Louisville. I don't know if we'll have time for that. I know. We just got in saying how the farm shows are sort of tailing off. Yeah, we're but it's, you know, hell, we're in different buildings. They've got a couch in the Salford booth. That's you know. true. If we have that couch again, we just do it there. Yeah. 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 Just do like a little show special, like right before we start or something. Do like a half hour deal. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we could. Do that on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, Monday. No, yeah. Tuesday. If, if you're going to do it, Louisville, I want to I'm going to be there to hear it. I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. We got to slip up there and do one with Seth, too, sometime. Maybe yeah. even this week mm-hmm. up in Nova. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. Every, the, the platforms are changing. After YouTube comes podcasts, you know, yeah. three years ago, YouTube was really climbing and it is still popular, 
but the podcast is the new YouTube. Well, I hear a lot of guys, you know, talking whether they're in the combine or planting or just driving around their pickup truck. Even guys I work with that drive like I do every right. day, you're out seeing dealers or farmers and putting a lot of miles on. And, and there's only so much you can listen to on the radio, right? And all this BS, right? In the media, right? And podcasts have really become everybody's best friend, right? So hopefully we can get pretty popular like some of these that we'll see probably, you know? yeah. yeah i don't know maybe, maybe we can be like the joe rogan experience yeah yeah we'll get rid of cody. Of the farm world yeah you know, we're definitely off yeah spotify threw him a hundred million dollars yeah joe rogan nice to to be specific on spotify how spotify works is you download their app you got to pay for it and then they throw you all these ads well i think if you pay for it you don't get the ads but you know Either way, you can only hear Joe Rogan on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, gotcha. it so never used to be that. Way. So that's maybe, how they corner. Maybe we should get Joe on. Yeah, yeah. You know, he can you know listen to us. He's and a learn big something. Right. He's he's probably wanting to know more about agriculture, and Absolutely. he's a hunter, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'll give him a call. Good stuff. I'll yeah. message him on Instagram yeah. right now. Yep. Never seen this guy. Never even heard of him. Joe Rogan. Never heard of him. He used to like host Fear Factor and stuff. He's not real proud of that, but. He used to host like Fear Factor and stuff like that, and he does like the UFC fights and oh, stuff like he. And today to... he's like he's the number one podcast mm-hmm. machine. He put podcasts yeah. on. I would say he probably put them on the map. I guess you could say, but he uh, he gets he gets all these different people on every day. Mm-hmm. He does a podcast and gets all these different people on to talk about anything you want to hear about. Mm-hmm. Well, he's dynamic. He's mm-hmm. easy to right. listen to because he just he has that voice. You right. know it, you know, because of Fear Factor or the UFC fights. Mm-hmm. Right. He's such a good announcer, you know, right. with just continually mm-hmm. talking, giving you feedback on yeah, what's going on. It's like you can picture it through his voice. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of like Paul Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty good. And yeah. So kind of like Jeff Worley. Right. You listen to him on the podcast, and you can just picture him on a farm show. Uh, I can, you can just see him, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's all I've got today. I think we're ready to... Yep. Phones rang probably 10 times yeah, since we've been on Yeah, in the here. truck, so... Yeah, so we probably got some customers that are needing some information, so... Mm-hmm. Time thanks. to log off and... Thanks, Adam. Get back Gary, to work. Yep. Cody. Talk to yep. you later. Thanks for tuning in. Yep, thanks, guys.